Welcome to Trash Compactor. I'm Josh. It recently made the rounds in the news that James Earl Jones, arguably best known for his iconic voice, has retired from providing the voice for Darth Vader, for which he is so famous. That character's recent appearance on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series seemed to feature James Earl Jones's voice, but the performance was actually computer generated by a Ukrainian AI company called Respeecher, the same software that was used to recreate the voice of a young Mark Hamill when Luke Skywalker showed up on The Mandalorian. The implications of AI being able to recreate speech aside, there's one thing that I think of whenever someone talks about James Earl Jones's iconic voice. It's, it's the first thing I think of. Because James Earl Jones has a stutter. He stuttered his entire life since he was a child. And there's some irony, I think, that the person with arguably the most famous voice on the planet has struggled to speak his entire life. The following is from the Instagram account for the wonderful podcast Proud Stutter. It quotes Jones as saying, one of the hardest things in life is having words in your heart that you can't utter, end quote. In an interview on The Dick Cavett Show in 1995, I can't string ideas and words together that well, the actor admitted. And James Earl Jones isn't the only Star Wars actor with a stutter. Samuel L. Jackson, best known to Star Wars fans as Mace Windu, revealed a few years ago that he too grew up with a stutter that he still suffers from. From a GQ article quoting from an appearance that Jackson made on the Howard Stern show, he said, I stuttered really, really, really bad for a long time to the point that I stopped speaking for like almost a year in school, Jackson shared. The cure? The word motherfucker. Actually. Why? I have no idea, Jackson says, but it just does. It clicks a switch that stops the da 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 ba ba ba. Through reading about breathing exercises, Jackson was able to improve his stutter, which is pretty remarkable. Okay, at this point, you're probably asking yourself why I'm talking about stuttering so much. Well, because I have a stutter. It's something I've struggled with my entire life since I learned to talk. Some days are worse than others. Um, sometimes it's hardly noticeable. Some days I can hardly get a word out. Some, it's, it's different sounds. It, it, the, the rules kind of change, which makes it kind of tricky not knowing what kind of a day it's going to be fluency-wise. Um, but it's something that I, I always have to deal with um, and has shaped me in ways I'm not sure that even I'm aware of. And joining me today to talk about stuttering and podcasting as a stutterer and how stuttering is, repre is represented in media is the host of the wonderful podcast I mentioned earlier called Proud Stutter. I'm very excited and honored to introduce you to Maya Chupkov, the host of Proud Stutter. Maya, welcome to Trash Compactor. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm very excited about this. So am I. So am I. Um, and uh, first off, I I just really want to thank you for creating your show. When I discovered it, I was honestly pretty overwhelmed. Um, it, um, it, it was it was very emotional for me hearing people talk openly about stuttering and not in the context of how to how to cure it or how to overcome it um but why it it 
it can and should be something to embrace. And I had never, uh, um, I had never encountered that uh, before. So, so it was, um, it was very emotional uh, for me to hear your show, uh, which again is is really fantastic. I'm I'm probably I'm probably going to end up saying that many many times in this in this discussion. But <laughs> um, and in that spirit, uh, uh, I usually spend a lot of of time on the back end of the production side of this. Um, when I, I edit the podcast, uh, you know, some people, they say something that, uh, they, they misspoke or they, they, that they say something that ends up going nowhere. And it's sort of, a. I also work as a professional editor, so I just have like an editor's impulse, but at least 50%, I would say of the time I spend editing this podcast is spent cutting out my stutters and my, what I call like junk words and junk phrases um and in the spirit of your show i am not going to do that for this one i'm going to see if i can stand to leave leave them all in um Yay. so <laughs> <laughs> so um so enough of me talking um so uh please tell us about proud stutter your podcast how did it come about and what are you trying to do with it proud stutter came from a very um, dark place. Actually, I was um, very, but right before I, I thought of the idea, I was very miserable at my job. Um, it was really hard for me to wake up in the morning. And this was during the pandemic. And so even though I wasn't physically going to work, I still felt very anxious every time I would walk over to my computer. And that just made me realize I needed something outside of work that I could look forward to. And so Proud Stutter was really born from this this er, this yearning to nurture the creative side of myself because I've been neglecting that part of myself for so long. And podcasting is such um, – it's in, there isn't really a huge barrier to entry. So I was able to get a grant to buy equipment. And, yeah, I just started recording and – I had my best friend to help out too as a co-host and an editor. And as soon as we started, we just kept creating more and more episodes, inviting guests. And then it turned into this outpouring of support as people began to discover the show and felt a sense of being seen for the first time. And so that really made me want to continue doing it. And really Proud Stutter is all about helping people who stutter feel less alone, feel like they have a community, and really reframing the narrative around stuttering to being something to be accepted and not overcome. Because so many of us with a lifelong stutter, stopping stuttering is not in the cards for us. And so it's really just about getting the weight off your shoulders of trying to put pressure to get rid of something that might you, you you may not ever get rid of. And so that's really what Proud Stutter is all about. And it's also changing representation in the media. So as you said before, like there isn't a lot of representation of stuttering in the way that we can resonate with. And so 
the podcast is also about that as well. So, you know, it's really interesting to me. Uh, you said that, you know, you were in a place where you really feel felt like you needed to do something to nurture yourself and, you know, indulge your creative side. And uh, there's a low barrier to entry to podcasting. Um, I have a very similar experience with this podcast um, for similar reasons. But um, why why did you decide to or how did you decide to make the subject of your podcast stuttering? Because so you um, are a lifelong stutterer yourself, right? Right. Um, it's not, it seems, it seems an, a, a very interesting uh, subject for your first uh, podcast to be, you know, something that is very uh, personal and potentially sensitive. Um, so, so, so I'm just curious why, uh, how you arrived at the idea to make a podcast about stuttering. Yeah, it was definitely not an immediate thought because stuttering was never something I was comfortable with talking about with hardly anyone, including my family and friends. Um, So um, that was definitely not something that came easily to to me. Uh, Actually, the like my first, um, my first kind of ideas around my around a podcast was okay what am I an expert in that was my first my first um question to myself and I was like oh I love books I love talking about books so that was definitely an idea I had um and so I had other ideas too but then my fiance he was like why don't you do it about stuttering and he's always been very curious about my stutter like he's always asked me oh, like, why did you stutter in this situation and not this one? I don't know. He just always kind of would ask me and I'd be like, I don't know. It's just random. Like that would be my response a lot. And so, but as soon as he said that, a light bulb kind of went off in my head. I was still afraid to to kind of take that leap. And so what I started to do was like taking small steps to open up to people about my stutter and that's when I realized I was on to something because the response from people when I would open up to them was really, I felt like I was making a connection for the first time with people because I was no longer hiding such a big part of myself. And so the more I did that with people, the more I felt like I was actually making authentic connections and I had this huge realization that my whole life, I kind of went through relationships on a very surface level basis because I would constantly be hiding my stutter. And so I didn't realize that until that the moment where I started to share to people that I stutter. Yeah, no, that that makes complete sense to me. Um, it's just sort of, I mean, I had that, uh, that experience hearing your podcast as well. I was like, oh my God, like, why has this never happened before? I can't believe this exists. I can't believe I found it. I can't believe someone is doing this. And that's why it was like, you know, when you live with something that is you, that is a struggle that's invisible, um, you know, 
especially when it's something that is just it becomes second nature like your your thought process about it the way you change your behavior it's just all sort of these these automatic things that you do it's it's unconscious it becomes unconscious you stop like noticing it yourself so um to i mean again like that you uh, i'm so glad that you had that that light bulb moment because um it has certainly impacted me and i know from the response that your show has gotten it's it's it it, it is impacting a lot of other people and it it just only continues to grow um i mentioned um i mentioned in the intro uh james earl jones and samuel l jackson in particular and you know it's interesting when most people talk about stuttering especially celebrities and there are a lot of celebrities who stutter who you wouldn't know stutter um uh, uh, through some you know combination of uh i think all stutterers um kind of build their own toolkit of of techniques that kind of work for them and it's not the same for everyone um uh, uh but like when when james earl jones and samuel l jackson when they talk about stuttering they always talk about it and this isn't uncommon but they talk about it in the context of 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 overcoming it and i was uh, particularly struck about um the samuel l jackson quote because he uses the word cure and in fact the headline of that gq article was how samuel l jackson cured his stutter that's that framing that idea that it's not only something that can be cured but it should be cured right mm-hmm. or that it has to be cured you you need to figure out how to cure it how do you feel when you hear that sort of language about stuttering yeah i i feel that there's this pressure for me to kind of yeah like i when i hear the word overcoming i think of hiding because there's Mm. no overcoming stuttering for me. I'm just hiding it more. And so, and hiding it involves a level of energy and it involves mental capacity and it involves like hiding a sense of identity and self. And that can be psychologically harmful too. And so, um, so that word, is just it's not something that I think we should be equating with the stuttering experience because there's so many different types of stuttering experiences and a lot of them don't aren't like the that overcoming story is not every experience around stuttering like a lot of people like there's some people who do overcome it um, and they grow out of it. That's kind of a better word. But for a lot of people who carry stuttering into their adulthood, there isn't a cure for it. Right. No, exactly. The, um, my understanding, um, and uh, you're probably much more familiar with the the current research and uh, thinking surrounding stuttering than I am, but my understanding was always a lot of children develop uh, develop stutters, and most of them grow out of it. Some of them don't, right? Right. 
And for the ones who don't, there isn't really a cure, uh, a quote cure. And it was actually really interesting because in that same article, that uh, GQ article, that the headline of which was how Samuel L. Jackson cured his stutter, it says at the very end, it acknowledges that it's something that Jackson still struggles with now. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so even in the same article, there was that, that, that tacit admission that there is no such thing as a cure for stuttering. I did find it really interesting though. um, Speaking of uh, uh, the tools and uh, uh, techniques that are not the same for everybody saying the word motherfucker is not one that I had ever uh, come across before. I thought that was pretty, (laughs) uh, pretty unique. Um, (laughs) I should, I should maybe try it. Um, sometime but um and yeah so so i think that that thinking about it that thinking around it as something to overcome or something that can be cured i think is directly related to depictions of stuttering and people who stutter in in popular media usually you know if a character stutters in tv or a movie that like it's the butt of a joke Mm-hmm. Or um, the fact that they stutter is to denote their like helplessness or their their weakness. Um, I always, whenever a character stutters in a movie, I always like involuntarily cringe. Like I don't mm-hmm. even. It's not even. It's it's not even. I mean, maybe. It's self-explanatory, but but it's like it's not even a thought process. It's like a physical, visceral yeah. reaction. Um, I'm just wondering if there are are any examples of stuttering represented in media that stand out to you as either, you know, something that you just always remember uh, that uh, you know maybe wasn't so great, or one that was great. Though to be honest with you. I can't think of a good one. <laughs> yeah, so the I so I'll give an example of each. So the 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 example I always think of where I have that same physical reaction and anger and just um yeah, is um I I mean, yeah, so this probably isn't the best example, but it's the one that I always th- think about cuz I I'm a big fan of the office. And Mm -hmm. there's a really popular meme that came out of an episode where one of the characters, Stanley, um, in a joking way, um, shouts at Michael, the main character, like, did I stutter as like a joke? And I just hate that phrase. It's used way too often, even in very recent examples, like the recent Stranger Things um, show um, season, they use that phrase and so that one is just really annoying because it implies that stuttering you're unsure of yourself or it's just a horrible phrase because just because a person stutters doesn't mean they don't know what they want to say or they're unsure and so that is a very annoying phrase that's still used and should stop being used and then a good example and I had like the most like I just felt so physically like amazing when I saw this film be- because it really nailed stuttering for me 
And I definitely saw that the character, I saw myself in the character. And so the movie that I'm thinking of is It. It's an adaptation from Stephen King's novel. The main character stutters in the novel and the main character stutters in the adaptation. And yeah, he's like the hero and he stutters and he stutters similar to how I stutter. It's consistent or it's it's not like every word, but it's consistent enough where you can kind of tell. Um and I feel like when I was growing up, I would I would experience instances where I would stutter similar to how he stutters. And I just felt like very like that he really did his homework and he did a great job and he's a good actor. And so that that was a great example. And I tell everyone that that's like the one of the best <laughs> um characters who stutters and it makes me want to read the novel now because um Stephen King like yeah like and I'm I'm I have it on my to-do list to email Stephen King and be like hey thank you for having a main character who stutters like what was your thought process behind why you chose that because I've been trying to figure out if he's ever mentioned it and I haven't gotten um down to like why he chose a person who stutters as his character so yeah that's actually really interesting i i haven't seen that that movie and um i think had i known that the main character stuttered or that there was any character that stuttered in the movie i probably that probably would have made me not want to go see it but um, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. but uh hearing you say that i uh, uh, that's just shot up to the top of my to watch list um for sure it's not the and best movie like <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just gonna say that it's it's really like quite an awful movie, but <laughs> but the stuttering's good and the kid actors are actually pretty good actors. So it's just the whole plot is just very yeah. So you know Well so that's so that's actually interesting that you you phrase it that uh that way because you know something that I is kind of a thing that I'm trying to deconstruct or kind of change the framing around is um you know classifying movies as either as either just good movies or bad movies uh, uh because like you can you like there are other reasons why you can enjoy watching a movie than it's than it's how it measures up to some sort of like objective grade scale right of like mm -hmm. cinematic worthiness or quality right so so i mean so the fact that um you know you can see that 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 movie and it can you know really stir something in you and sticks with you um you know i would call that a good movie then mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah no, I love the movie, like, but it's, yeah, and so, but I have to be careful about who I recommend it to for those reasons. <laughs> yeah. I understand. 
I understand. <laughs> I host a Star Wars podcast. And even among Star Wars fans, um, there are certain Star Wars that I know not to recommend to certain people based on, on <laughs> certain other things about them. Um, okay. Um, I'm just... You know, that answer really surprised me because I um, I wasn't expecting you to have a good uh, to have an example of good depiction of stuttering. Um, the one that I had is like not so bad was um, there was one in um, a recent Star Wars movie, actually. Uh, well, I guess 2017 isn't isn't all that r recent anymore. What what do you think of as recent? Is five years ago recent? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, there was a character called DJ played by Benicio Del Toro. And that character had a stutter. And it was presented more as kind of like a quirk or like or like an affect. Uh, you know, like like not that he was like weak or that he was. I don't think it was supposed to be funny. Maybe it was actually now that I'm thinking about it, but um, like it was just sort of, uh, to me, it just seemed like it was th uh, there to give the character something distinct about him. Um, I didn't really feel like uh, there was like a, 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 like something you were supposed to read into it. Mm -hmm. Though now that I'm talking about it, he was, he, he did eventually prove to be untrustworthy. So maybe, Maybe that's not such a great example. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, um, but but um, but that actually reminds me of something. So um, so first off, I could recommend so many episodes of your show. I mean, basically all of them. But uh, one that stands out um, because it was recent was um, you did an episode where you interviewed a woman named Gina Chin Davis, who's a writer and a filmmaker who grew up with a stutter, who just came out with her first feature called um, called I Can't Sleep. Um, and not only did she sound amazing and I want to be her best friend, but she said something that, that stuck with me. She said, she can't wait until there's a character in a movie that stutters and no one comments on it. Uh, like no one in the movie like even says the word stutter, right? Like it's just a thing about them. Um, like, and it's interesting because she was talking about, about, um, about intersectionality, which, um, you know, she comes, she's, she's biracial and, um, and a woman. And, um, I think, you know, thinking of stuttering as a disability or as something to deal with, like, does inform and interact with a lot of your other identities and personal challenges. So, so it's, so it's interesting. Like, do you think we'll ever get to a point where stuttering is not something that's like read into as having to mean something the same way that I, that, you know, I would say, you know, race, uh, and gender sexuality is, is sort of getting there. Uh, like we're sort of, I think, m moving out of the place where you only see movies exclusively about that 
that subject and it's now just sort of quote unquote normalized it's just there and it doesn't mean anything do you think we'll ever get there with stuttering i think we will i think we're farther behind than a lot of the other disabilities stories and um i think like i'm i'm seeing more nuanced and like more well-rounded characters with different disabilities that it's not just about the disability that's just kind of part of them but they have other parts being brought out in their characters um but i but stuttering still just has such a long way to go because i think there's just not a lot of stories and education out there as much as there needs it to be. And that's why I start like, that's why I'm just trying to get this podcast out there as much as possible so that it can pave the way for more nuanced stories around stuttering. So that like, if there's someone that's working on a TV show and they are working with someone with a character that stutters or they'll be able to do research and find more to kind of work with so that we do find, so we do see more of that nuanced storytelling around stuttering. But I just feel like there's just not enough, there's not enough amplification around stuttering right now. And, and so the more that we tell stories about stuttering, I think we will get there. That's a good answer. I, you know, it's interesting. Like I'm of two minds about that. Like, uh, one, I hope you're right. I genuinely do, but, uh, but just also, and maybe this is, it is just this internalized shame or frustration. I think less than shame. It's like, I'm not ashamed. It's just, it's just frustration. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, because, I agree with everything that you're saying, like, and I know it's important because it was impactful for me and has been impactful for me to hear your podcast and listen to people's stories, just to hear it be talked about openly, hearing, hearing people's experiences and either, um, you know, seeing myself relating directly or um, hearing something that, that is not how I experience. Um, how I experience it is also is also just as um, you know illuminating and useful for me to hear. But um, f for me, at least, you know, the fact of the matter is, like, sometimes there's no, I mean, there's no getting around it. It's just it can be really frustrating when you're trying to communicate and you know what you want to say it's not that you don't know the exact right words that you want to say but you literally can't say it you know and again like your show really i think brought to the surface a lot of things that i had had sort of uh sh shoved down and not you know really thought about in a long time but um you know i um yeah like sometimes like, I just get so frustrated, like as someone who clearly is someone that has a lot of opinions and likes to talk, 
right? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's just like why 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 can't I always say what I want to say? I know what I want to say, and I give it a lot of thought. Though it has also occurred to me that maybe the reason I give it a lot of thought is because I know that I'm not always able to say what I want to say. So when I know that I will be able to say it, I want to make sure that I say exactly what I mean, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, totally. And I think like, I think something that I always try to, um, to make, to emphasize is like, yes, my show is called Proud Stutter. And yes, I talk about a lot of the positives around stuttering, but I, I still stutter at the end of the day and I still am not able to say exactly what I want to say, how I want to say it. Like sometimes I use a word that isn't the best word because it's but easier you know you can to say, say. It. but you know you exactly. can say it. you can't say the other one yeah that and yeah. so that yeah. and it's so frustrating because i know i'm intelligent but sometimes i say things that aren't exactly the right grammar or like all these things because it's like that's how i hide my stutter and sometimes it's easier for me to say things the wrong way than for me to say things the right way and stutter and I'm trying not to do that as much and I'm trying to like stutter more freely, but I've taught myself these techniques for my whole life and it's so hard to unlearn them. And yeah, it's just, it's hard to like, yeah, it's hard to like change a lot of those things. Um, despite the fact that I have a podcast and I'm like out as a, as a stutter, there's, yeah, there's still just so much, there's so much there still to un to peel away. It's like a never ending onion, honestly. <laughs> no, it absolutely is. So so first of all, I just want to acknowledge like what you just described, that is I can't properly express how hard I relate to what you just said. Like like so many times I will say something that is not either grammatically or the most succinct or the the it's not the best word i know a better word or like the the i want to say it a different way but mm -hmm. i know that i'm not going to be able to say this sound or i'm not i'm not going to be able to get it out and i have this roundabout way of saying it or i have a phrasing that maybe is not something that i would say but i know it's something that people say so i'll just say it that way because i know that i can make the sound right Mm -hmm. And it's also kind of like reading your audience. Like, who are you talking to? Right? Like, like, is it more important that I sound like I know what I'm talking about? Or is it more important that I sound that I get this out fast? Mm -hmm. Right? And yeah. it's like those kinds of, like, of considerations, those mental calculations that are always kind of running that you were talking about before. Like, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. to be constantly having to think about this um and you know like like i went like i for me you know while it is something that has given me challenges um in my life I'm not going to ask you this question because I don't think it's a fair question to ask, but I think if 
if I had a chance to snap my fingers and make my stutter go away, I don't think I would because I think it has made me a much more a much more empathetic and and understanding person. And I value that more than fluency. Yeah. And it also makes us more interesting and more layered. Because, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that way because I feel like, um, like, yeah, I don't know. I just always felt this. I just, I, yeah, I don't know. I always had this urge to tell stories. Like, I don't know. That's just like, I since I was little, I just always wanted to tell stories and to like just be vocal about things and I I just always thought of myself as boring and like not like and just like wanting to tell other people's stories who were more fascinating and and I I kept ignoring stuttering like it didn't even cross my mind that this was like an interesting thing about me until I started the podcast, but I just always felt myself being very like, yeah, just like, just not a very interesting person. And, and I feel like proud stutter has really opened up this opportunity to like, just really educate the world about something a lot of people don't understand. And one story is not going to do that. It's going to take a lot of stories. Yeah. Um, there's a lot there in what you just said. I just want to acknowledge, um, you know, what you said about you not feeling like you're an interesting person. And, uh, um, you know, I, I want to dispel that. I mean, first of all, like, I think you're, you're, an incredibly interesting and accomplished and super interesting person. Um, so, so I just want to say that, but you know, my form of it, of what I think you're talking about, um, like as someone who also wants to tell stories, it clearly wants to communicate, right. Thinks that they have things in their head that are worth sort of expressing and, uh, putting out into the world. Right. Um, like I used to, and I still struggle with this. Like, it's like, what, it's like, why, why me? Like, what's so special about my insight? Mm -hmm. Like, why should somebody listen to me about anything? Um, yeah. and I think that's, it's, 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 it's sort of a, uh, it's sort of adjacent, like a slightly different flavor of what I think you're talking about. Right. right. Um, and, you know, I think for what it's worth, from what I've learned is, you know, the, uh, uh, to let that be the reason why you don't write something or, or tell a story or make something or whatever, like, I think the simple fact that you feel the burning need, the desire to do it means that you are interested in other people. If you're interested in in stories and in other people's stories, I think that reflects on you. I think you have to be an interesting curious person on your own if you're if that's so meaningful to you. 
Yeah. Yeah, I actually Maybe. never – No, I, I love that. And I actually never really thought of it that way. But I think that is a really good point. And um, yeah. And I think that's why I was able to stick out podcasting for so long because so many people give up on – podcasting as soon as they start because they realize how much work goes into it it's um, a lot of work <laughs> mad respect because i know it's a lot it's a lot of work and i feel like it's really the people that push through are the, the ones that are just like they have you know it's like they have they're driven by a passion for the need to tell stories and to yeah all that stuff <laughs> No, no, I think you're, I think you're exactly right. Um, okay, because this is nominally a Star Wars podcast, um, are you at all familiar with Star Wars or are you a, f uh, a fan? Have you not seen any of them, the movies at all? Like, uh, what's your familiarity level with Star Wars? So I've seen episode one and I believe what that means is it's the fourth movie created because like they yes. go in reverse order or something or something i don't know there's like yes very good <laughs> yeah yes. so i know i've seen episode one which i'm told is the worst one so um <laughs> by many star wars fans but yeah i've i had i had it like i was gonna spend like a weekend to just i just wanted to watch all of them in order and so I, I watched the first one and then I, I stopped because I was like, <laughs> I don't have time for this. And so I haven't <laughs> watched the others, but I still have an urge to watch the movies. It's just, I just haven't done it yet. No, it's okay. You do not, you do not, um, you do not have to have to justify your decision to stop watching them after watching episode one. Um <laughs> the opinion that you just expressed is is um, about the quality of that movie is is not uh, is not uncommon. Well, I don't know. Uh, let me ask you what uh, because there is so much Star Wars content now. Um, like th uh, there are all of these new, uh, not just movies but new shows like on uh, on Disney Plus. Like there's a new star wars show on basically year round at this point it's 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 kind of insane and like the the approach that they're taking is to kind of you know it's sort of like the marvel the marvel approach where there are sort of different flavors and different like styles with different tones like some lean toward the the very serious and some are a little more lighthearted and like you know just different stuff um what kind of movies do you like or tv shows do you like like just out of curiosity yeah i like the movies that really have different layers and really makes you think like um so yeah i like ones with like that you're kind of second guessing characters and their motives and if they're a mix of bad and good. And so I like very intricate plot lines, I guess. Um, so the, those are like the movies I enjoy. Um, I'm not a big fan of like the very cliche movies, you know, like with the same storylines, like 
predictable, I guess, is the, yeah. the word I'm thinking of. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of like, have you seen that the movie Nope? Yes. Okay. I, I love that movie because it kind of didn't make sense plot wise. Like there wasn't really like there was a plot, but it was kind of like it, it was just a very like weird movie, but in a beautiful way. So that's kind of the vibe yeah. I like. Okay. Well, and <laughs> in that case, if you ever find some time on your hands and you're looking for something to watch and you're curious about um, checking out something Star Wars related, I I would recommend one of two of the new Disney Plus shows, either The Mandalorian or the one that's on right now, um, Andor, it's called. I think, I actually think that one you might really really respond to okay like i like uh a full a full disclosure so so it just i think we just uh passed the halfway mark of its uh, uh 10 episode first season and it is so good like not just for star wars actually it's so it's so good that i actually think it weirdly makes it an odd fit for star Wars because mm. it's so good. Like it's so good that it's like that, that maybe makes it not star Wars enough. If that makes any sense, it's like, it's, yeah. it's, it's so good that, um, you know, I actually see this happening on like star Wars, uh, a Twitter or, uh, whatever. There are these, these two camps kind of forming where some are like, this is the greatest thing for star Wars that, we have a show that's this good, like of this caliber. And there are some Star Wars fans that are like, yeah, but like, it's not Star Wars because mm. like Star Wars isn't the yeah. things that the show is doing. Right. Like, and I've had a similar sort of reaction, uh, like a weird kind of an existential uh, uh, kind of reaction. I'm like, but it is so good. So what is Star Wars? Like, what do I actually like about Star Wars? If I love this, like, so much, and it's not necessarily, like, Star Wars-y. Like, what does that actually mean? So, so but anyway, I won't, I won't, I won't uh, 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 bore you with those details, but I would recommend the, sh the show, the show um, Andor, um, which is on Disney Plus right now. And if you're looking for something still kind of, you know, accessible, but like, like a little lighter, but still has some twists and and turns. Uh, uh, the Mandalorian is a good one. That's where where uh, Baby Yoda uh, comes from. I don't know if you're familiar with that from just like general culture, but that's where that comes yeah. from. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, sorry, I feel weird um, after everything we just said. I feel weird. Uh, uh, talking about Star Wars that I think you should watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I I love it. I feel like I I like I I am a nerd, and so I just feel like as like I have a, a feeling that I will like it because I am a nerd and I am 
like there are a lot of nerdy things I like and not saying Star Wars fans are nerdy, but like I just love. No, it's it's I mean, <laughs> like I, I wouldn't disagree with you. I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't take it as an insult. <laughs> I just love like being sucked into like worlds, you know, like different worlds. Watch and... Andor. Okay. Watch Andor. Uh, uh, you saying that like this has moved from a hey, if you have the time, uh, to like a very earnest recommendation. Yeah. I think no. You'll... Okay. Yeah. I will take I you up on it. I think you'll like it. It's just I okay. have to get. Disney Plus now, which I is the only streaming service I don't have. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, well, that could be a challenge. Well, yeah. Um, maybe find a friend and share their yeah share their login. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. So that part. So that part I might uh, cut out of the episode, even though I said I wasn't going to cut anything out. I might cut that part out. <laughs> okay. I do not endorse. <laughs> I, I, I do not endorse uh, breaking yes. the terms of service. <laughs> I am not advocating for for <laughs> for account sharing. Is my point. That is my official stance on that on that subject. Um, Maya, what are you most proud of about what you've accomplished with Proud Stutter, but also the advocacy that you do? Because you 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 went to school for for I don't know what you call it, like prof professional advocacy, right? No, am I making that up? So yeah, I went to school for for public affairs. Okay. And through and through like volunteering on campaigns and like just literally mm -hmm. volunteering my time and learning how advocacy works and um and through experience um like getting involved in nonprofits and community organizing. That's kind of how I learned about organizing. And so that's why I realized that I needed to do that as part of Proud Stutter because there are only so few places that do advocacy around stuttering on such a local level. So, um, so yeah, pr proudest moment by far is getting San Francisco to recognize National Stuttering Awareness Week, which is the second week of May every year. So that was definitely amazing. And I can't wait to do it in other cities now too. <laughs> uh, uh, no, and I should also mention as a time we're recording this podcast, um, two days ago, October 22nd was, was International Stuttering Awareness Day. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something that has, has, uh, has existed since 1998. I think it says something that I first became aware of International Stuttering Awareness Day through your podcast and your social media feed. So um, I think, uh, so first off, so 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 thank you uh, for that. But also, I think that that speaks to your larger mission of of increasing awareness and um, the conversation and perception of stuttering. Um, so Maya, so if someone is now curious and they want to listen to Proud Stutter or learn more about the work that you do, how can they find you? Um, how can they listen to the show? How can they find you? Yeah, so the easiest way um, is to just type in Proud Stutter in your favorite listening app, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
any of those, um, just type in Proud Stutter and we should show up. And you can follow us by going to proudstutter.com. That's kind of like a central spot where you can listen, um, get involved, and yeah, just keep up with what we're doing. And again, for uh, for for people who who don't have any personal connection with stuttering, like I would still recommend it. It's a the 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 people that you talk to have fascinating stories, and um, you uh, you ask fascinating questions and are fascinating yourself. I think the work that you do makes you inherently fascinating um, and interesting and worth listening to. And um, just to close out here, uh, I again, I just want to thank you for all the work that you've done and you continue to do. Um, I know I sound like a broken record, but it really has, uh, your show really has affected me uh, personally in a very profound way and really put a lot of wind in my sails for going forward doing this podcast. So I I appreciate you and the work that you do very much. And thank you for just reaching out and being like an, an advocate. Um, I think like the more of us there are, the, the better off people who stutter will be so thank you too <laughs> i i i try my best i i try to to uh to push through um so i know i said we're wrapping up but uh you know i do find it kind of ironic sometimes and you must think about this all the time like podcasting and stuttering make strange bedfellows right uh, because it's a medium <laughs> that 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 the primary feature of which is literally your speech. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I know for me, that was definitely a consideration um, of w whether or not I was actually going to go forward and make this podcast. I've been thinking about it for years. Um, and, you know, obviously there are all the reasons there's time and there's, um, does anybody care what I say? Like, like, do I have a, like a good spin, but it's also, I stutter. I literally have trouble speaking and it's unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And how will listeners respond to a voice that that is not speaking quickly or clearly or the way that they're used to hearing, uh, you know, voices on their headphones, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure you must have gone through a similar thought process. It's something I still think about. So I've been doing this show for almost a year now. Um, I still think about that. And, you know, your show, no joke, I think is really what definitely gave me the confidence and continues to give me the confidence to, to keep at it. So thank yeah, you. Yeah. And, I'm, I'm, that makes me so happy. And that's really what, what, what the, the show is all about. It's just like giving you what you need to just push forward and not let it hold, not let the stutter hold you back. Absolutely. So, uh, please check out Proud Stutter. Um, you, uh, you just search Proud Stutter 
in your your podcast app of choice. You can Google it. You just search Proud Stutter and all the things. It comes up. It's the first thing that comes up. Um, <laughs> uh, so Maya, thank you again. And watch Andor. Watch Andor. You will not be disappointed. I promise. Or maybe you will. But I still think it's worth a shot. It's 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 a fantastic, amazing show. Um, if you liked what you heard, please visit trashcompod.com where you can find transcripts of this episode and all of our other episodes. And we are Trashcompod across all social media. And we will see you on the next one.